You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, good evening, everybody. David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. Hey, everyone. And Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Welcome, guys. Almost Christmas, and we got a lot to talk about. You think it'd be uh, slow this week, but it's not. Uh, we are sponsored the iRacers Lounge podcast by GridFinder. GridFinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing cash league. A new premium feature within GridFinder.com to promote your cash league or race to over 1,000 racers that visit every week. A low cost of $4.99 per month will allow you to feature up to three divisions in GridFinder's newest section. That's only $1.25 per week to make sure you have a full grid for your next cash league or race. Special iRacers Lounge offer. Sign up now and get a free week. This is only good for the rest of December, so get your cash league signed up now. GridFinder, the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder.com Oh, looks like I get the first topic. All right. the uh, On the script, it actually says NIS stats, but if, when you take a closer look, you'll notice this is actually A-Open. Uh, season four. Aha. Uh, we had uh, some of the highlights were about 6,500 drivers that averaged five starts for the season. Um, 120 drivers raced in 29 or more weeks. So I guess there is some overall yearly participation stats. Well, if you look at the well. title of the forum, David, it actually does indicate he's on the NASCAR iRacing Series forum. So I'm not sure. Yep, but the title of the post is Season 4 Stats. Right, he puts them out every season, and uh, if you look closely, yeah, it has all 35 tracks listed uh, with uh, all the entries for the whole year. Okay, so it may be. It may be. Uh, so 120 drivers raced uh, 29 or more weeks, 4.5 million laps with wow. 260,000 incidents. Uh, and you can see a trend between like 2017 season two to the to then to 19 season one to 20 season four, and it's a, it's quite a jump. So really, in 2017, we had less than 3,000 unique drivers, and by the end of 2020, we had over 6,000 unique drivers. Wow! And the championship results, uh, Garrett Mains won it. Uh, with a staggering lead, his points was 82-15 over second place, which only had 69-11. So that's like 1,300-point difference. Yep, a lot of names that I start saw a lot towards the second half of the season. Uh, all really fast drivers up there towards the top. And then, David, you actually made one of these lists as well. Uh, you were second on most race starts with 106. Yeah, we talked about before having time, having extra time because we had to close the schools down in March, right? It opened up a lot more racing. The only one who beat you is Jay Collins with 116. I made the list with uh, uh, seventh with the most race starts with 90. 
Hey guys, another thing that's really interesting about Garrett, uh, he led the uh, led the uh, points for the cleanest driver as well. So he he ran over fourteen thousand laps in that season and had three hundred and nine incident points in fourteen thousand laps. Well, when you lead every race, how are you going to get wrecked? Sure. Well, I, I'm sure uh, lappers can cause problems too. He he had the most wins as well, twenty four. While the second guy had only seventeen. And then and 47 podiums is the most as well for Garrett Mains. And a, and a 28% win percentage. So he's winning you know, more than one every five races. Well, it looks like he's going to the Coke Series for sure. He's locked in. So uh, congratulations to him. He deserves it, and he showed it uh, this year in NIS. All right, what about the fixed? Is there anything notable there? So, yeah, let's move over to the fixed uh, series, guys. Um, it was just shy of 12,000 drivers and averaging uh, 6.3 uh, starts each. Um, 211 drivers raced in 29 or more weeks. Um, so uh, as far as the number of drivers, it, it almost doubles the uh, the open amount. So uh, that's notable. And I'm wondering if um, with the way that they're having these new setups in the uh, open with the uh, top tier, uh, top split setups, maybe that number will close, the gap will close between the two. That would be interesting to see if that happens. I think it will. Um, Stephen, Lou Allen, and I were been talking about uh, running fixed again this year because of that. So I think me and him are going to take a shot at it. And we're going to start running fixed again. Uh, I just don't want it to be tight. And with these new setups, it probably won't. Well, we've run the winter series fixed setups in the last last two loose. have been uh, loose. Now, they, they were a little caught off guard at Dover. And you had to baby it around. But uh, last night at Pocono, it actually wasn't. It was only loose on the cold tires. And then it pretty well balanced out. Yeah. After two or three laps, it warmed up. Yeah. So, guys, the uh, champion for that series, for the fixed series, was none other than Casey Kerwin, the Coke Series driver, uh, with uh, 96,000 points. The next uh, closest was at 81 or 8,100 points. So uh, he had a pretty comfortable lead in that, in that race behind uh, Ryan Duchette. Yeah, Garrett Maines was eighth um, in that championship. Uh, cool to see a lot of Coke drivers running this fixed series. Uh, I think it's neat that you know, they're, they're running fixed and not open. Uh, I don't think any of us made a list on any of these uh, lists because we pretty much did run fixed. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Casey also led the uh, with uh, 31 wins for the season as well. So uh, that was a pretty hefty lead over uh, second place with 17 was uh, Chris Edwards. Fix is pretty fun, I think, in league settings if you're not also running open for the same track every week. Uh, I got. I remember. I didn't run any fix this year, but I'm enjoying the fixed winter series league. Um, as long as it's not running the same car that I'm trying to get get a set ready for. Well, we've we've found this year that we've kind of just gotten away from it, just because I think because we we're a little, we felt more competitive on the or the open setups this year too, right, David? Yeah, but it was, I specifically remember as I kind of just quit running fixed last year that I would I would I would just hate being in the fixed setup after spending an hour working on the open setup. It was just so drastically different that I stopped enjoying. I think the other thing for me for the fixed series too is none of the times ended up uh, working for me. I, I felt like the open series worked time wise. The the fixed series times were just kind of 
odd times to race at. Yeah, okay, ex- so- except for Saturdays, but uh, that that ends up being a family day for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to see what the new times are going to be when they announce it this year. Well, I they better be the same. <laughs> I, I, I they've always been the same. I don't think they've changed them in a long time. So I would be surprised if they changed. Yeah, the only thing that might be different is um they were talking earlier about Ad Saturday. adding an adding in a week yeah for the uh, open adding an extra day. You'd think they could do like Saturday night seems to be open. I mean, on Saturday it's probably probably more of a uh, a league racing night, right? Well, there's open or there's a fixed race already on Sunday night. That's I mean, the last I, fixed race. No, I said I said Saturday night. That's why I was saying uh, you got the two fixed. That's why I was wondering if they could. They needed one more open Saturday night's like the only time you could add it. Yeah, there's there's prop there's leagues and you know that so also the night for people who like actually do the social life thing, right? Well, we don't know what that is. I was gonna say it probably could get away with it this year. That social lives have probably gone away for a lot of people. <laughs> Normal in normal times, I have a lot of gigs on Saturday nights. So this next set of steri- uh, stats, Tony, are kind of interesting because they combine all the oval series kind of in together as a whole. Yeah, and I mean, right at the top, we got participation history, and there's some interesting things to look at. Um, where, where you, I guess the first glaring one that I see is that we're missing season three for 2020, but um, you know believe we've already looked at you know season or uh, yes sorry season two where it just you know skyrocketed um we all know why that happened we don't need to go into that but uh season four uh the expected drop off but what i found most uh you know very interesting about this is season four where typically you get the lowest uh amount of participation is about on par with season one of 2019. Yeah. So our lowest, you know, uh, numbers for the season for the whole year uh, is still better than where we where we started uh, for 2019. Well, and this is the oval side. So a lot of this is that that season four is kind of the hang on rate of what we gained in the spring slash summer with the with the boost too, right? Like, so we're hanging on to more uh, subscriptions, I guess, after the summertime, because a lot of people probably after watching the, uh, the NASCAR guys do it for a bit there, they probably got what the three month package and it got them through till the end of the summer, maybe. And just to try it out. And then if they got hooked, they got hooked. If they didn't, that's where we're seeing some of the drop off, but we always see drop off at the end of the season anyways. But like you said, Tony, we're, we're staying, where we started at in 2019. So where's 2020 going to, or 2021 going to start out over there? Well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, uh, we're, we're looking at about a 20,000, uh, you know, driver drop off, uh, from season two, which would be March and to, to, you know, to season four, the end of season four. It'd be interesting to look at 2018 there. It didn't look like, iRacing had any growth at all that year oval wise and then obviously we got spoiled in 2019 and then 2020 in the spring got spoiled and it, this is it's just showing here i just would like to i was just wondering what went on in 2018 there to just have it straight across the board 
um, countries, I thought it was interesting which countries are oval racers. USA, 63%. Canada and Australia, 6% each. So together, uh, boy, that's uh, 75% among those three countries. It's really a North American you know, kind of racing, I think. Well, and I think... I think some of that has to do with obviously they've been updating the servers and stuff too, right. To make it more accessible on and feasible to race properly on the other side of the world. But it also it's out of uh, the States there in, in Massachusetts. It's kind of, it, it, you wonder what their advertising overseas can get uh, from it. I mean, obviously their advertising is all internet based, so you can find it at any time. So it doesn't really matter, but you just wonder uh, just because it's locally here, maybe that's why it's um, that's why it's the way it is. Like obviously, the U.S. dominates in almost all these categories for things, anyways, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, but the, you know, NASCAR is right, and NASCAR and ovals is 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 an American uh, iconic sport, uh, whereas Europeans tend to favor F one. It's pretty simple. Uh, I'm sure uh, some of the Aussie draw is, comes from Marco Sambros, right? Having having a pretty good season that that captured a lot of those guys' interest. Plus, they even though they do the the supercars on roads quite a bit, they just they have a similar personality as a country as we do. Well, talking about that, David, Mike. Obviously, we're going to go to the next one here: the road stats. Just to look at that stat in general. I mean, the States is still dominating the count, but not as much. Uh, the Europeans start taking over uh, and and like European areas and and then it drops off from there. But it's like 32% for driving for the U.S. Right. In the U.S. With the three countries, it's 50. When with Oval, it was at 75. So, yeah, there's a much more international uh, load there on the roadside. As far as participation on the road, uh, we, we're seeing the same thing we saw in the Oval uh, that Tony was uh, pointing out of, of the growth, um, you know, from one year to the other. I think they're, uh, the roadside set pretty good for 2021, though, too, right? So they're going to, you're going to see numbers that are, are going to, ex- next year when we look at back at this, I'm sure this these bars will stay way up because the content that they've been able to start going through here. And it sounds like that's coming road-wise is, is probably going to keep a lot of people on the sim. I think that region frequency is a little skewed by the fact that the U.S. is 50 states. And then in, in Europe, every state is being counted separately. I mean, was, most of those countries now are effectively about the same population as a state. So yeah. you're saying if they take the whole area as Europe, is like the full mm-hmm. amount of if Europe? They did, if they did UE, European Union, the numbers would look a lot different. Add them up. Uh, looking at the other stats on the road, um, nothing really jumps out at me except for one thing, and that's the full seasoner percentage, which means how many people stayed in it for the full season and what percentage based on how many people did a start. And uh, the, one of the highest was obviously the IMSA race, uh, IMSA, Le Mans, that kind of thing. Well, the Triple Crown specifically. 35% that's, that's only three races, one. yeah. Well, the, the thing was is that Triple Crown, only 158 people there that did the full season of it were eligible for the prize at the end then too, right? Because it was a random draw or something. So that's why it was Pretty kind of enticing odds. them, right? So after the three races, only a, of 446 people that r- drove, 158 stayed on to, to race all three. 
Well, here's something else that's uh, pretty, you know, pretty interesting when you're comparing roadside to, to oval side, and that is the total number of drivers that completed at least one full season, and the roadside has doubled the oval side, you know, 6,000 to, to 12,000, uh, you know, for at least one full season. Um, one other number to kind of point out is, you know, in each of the, on the oval side and, um, and the roadside, we've got, you know, there's one driver that's completed over, you know, over 10, uh, it's 15 for the road and 13 full seasons, uh, for the roadside. That is a heck of a lot of racing in order to fit all that in. I'd like to know who that one driver is to, to complete 13 different seasons. Uh, so well, I, pr- I probably did if you count both road and oval, because I had I had a open every season. Yeah, maybe they're talking about David. <laughs> well, I don't. Ha- I didn't have thirteen in road. <laughs> I had. I would. I would complete an IMSA like three. What a opens? Yeah, well, I, I race. Was gonna say, you only race like three different series though. But I get a complete season in them every uh, in all four seasons. I, yeah, but th- I had this that. guy did thirteen road series. Yeah, wow. of twelve weeks. Which is hard enough to get participation in 13 different series in general. Like, obviously, he's those are popular series for him to find a split mm-hmm. at the right times, right? Well, that could be he could that could be four IMSA series and four endurance series and and four uh, Le Mans series, right? That gives you 12 right there. Well, you only have to run six uh, races to compete okay, so, Euro endurance. So yeah, this is over though. This is over 2020. Okay, I, I I was thinking of it in a in a shorter aspect. They're not. I thought it was as a smaller group there. Okay, that makes sense now. Because I, but if you combine my road and and oval, I did twelve seasons. Okay. Hey guys, uh, before we move on, I just want to let you know uh, that uh, Rob Crouch is the one who is putting all these stats together for us. He's done a great job with that, and uh, he made a note and that um, if you, for a small donation of five bucks, you can private message Rob Crouch. And he will create a custom output for you and your friends if you want. So, you know, if your name's not in the top 10, like most of us, um, he can create your own output of your um, of your stats for the season. Uh, you just got to direct message him, and uh, he's asking for a $5 donation for his work. That's fascinating and a good spin for 5 bucks. I think. I might even do that because I've gotten some really neat stats from Rob in the past on this show. Uh specifically like how many NIS starts overall throughout the years. I think I was in the top 10. I don't know how the heck he finds those stats, but he does. We could, uh, we could actually pitch in and get, get the entire Tifosi team on, on a little collection cool. collection. Yeah. Rob Cap Crouch uh, is definitely the man. He's from Australia. We follow him in the forums and he provides a lot of content for the show. Now, the other thing was, do they, does, data get collected for the hosted at all like obviously we know the r stuff so so like obviously hosted data's got to go somewhere it's just not public yeah well uh yeah it is you can go to hosted results and uh, and it's all stored there but how would he how would rob quantify that you know no i'm just saying it was just it was just something i was thinking about it's not going to have the same controls you know because you could a lot of them are just practices so you know, it could be any track, any car. It's a whole lot more random. Something is not random, though, is how good the schoolyard setups are. 
Uh, if you're struggling to crawl into the top 10 in Road to Pro or you're always in the back of the Xfinity Series or can't find that extra 10th to compete for the whims in the iRacing Series, visit SchoolyardSetups.com to get the race-ready setups for NASCAR A, B, and C Series each week. Enter the referral code LOUNGE with a capital L when you sign in and let them know you heard about it from iRacers Lounge podcast. Don't get bullied around on the racetrack again. Get your sets today at SchoolyardSetups.com. And a quick note on this, uh, Mike Morley, the guy behind this, he ran in one of the hardest races of the year this week, and he was leading laps in a schoolyard setup um, with no front end. He had the front end knocked off of that, and he was legitimately leading that race, uh, a cash race that we're going to talk about later in the show. I was talking to Mike today. He's also revamped his website. He now offers a roadside for the IMSA series. So he's got the Corvette, the LMP2, the Lamborghini, and um, I, th- I think those are the three cars, if I remember correctly, that he's added uh, to it for now. Oh, and the Ferrari, sorry. And uh, that's what he's going to do on the roadside for the to, to start up that side. But he's revamped his whole website. He's made a different... Uh, um, incentive for referrals for referral referring or even your own friends and stuff like that. So check out uh, schoolyardsetups.com and uh, and get in there and and try these setups because especially coming, uh, we got one this weekend for uh, the M Tech series too as well from him that we got a uh, gonna try and win with right, David? Yep, yep, yep. All right, guys. So uh, just in time for the holidays, uh, staff member Otto Zabinski Zabeni, uh, let everyone know in the forums that their merchandise page, so their iRacing official merchandise, has been updated with some new products. Um, so we had talked about the, before that their um, their merchandise has been lacking a little bit. So, so they've put a few new things in there for you. Um, one of them is a neck gator, an iRacing neck gator, so you can uh, save the world and promote iRacing at the same time. I love uh, the mask with the iRacing logo. That's great. Yeah, there's some uh, a nice polo uh, shirt and a pullover jacket that looks really nice. Um, some of the other stuff I've seen before. But, uh, yeah, so go check it out, um, the iRacing store uh, that you can uh, – I think you get through it through the forums, right? Is there a link through the forums or in the main webpage? Yeah, it's at r-rracewear.com is the actual website. Uh, you can search auto. Of course, you can go to our script and get the link. I think the new items are the seasoned T-shirt and the seasoned hoodie, which have the iRacing logo, but it's kind of like looks worn. Kind of a neat look. The other thing I think is new might be the beanie, which is like a stocking cap. The uh, both both of those hoodies that they have option like any of their hoodies are are really nice looking. They have all kinds of nice merchandise here. It looks like the dirt stuff is the most popular because it's all sold out. I mean, there's a backpack uh, and there's a polo. Now, I, I like collared shirts. So the polo with the, it's kind of a gray with the gray uh, iRacing logo on the, you know, the patch on the corner on the breast, 65 bucks. But man, it looks really nice. Even their baseball caps are nice too. And these muscle shirts. Just get the get the season shirt and cut the sleeves off. Snip, snip. And we found a different place selling merch. So teesprings.com. Uh, it looks like they have some slogan t-shirts uh, that they're offered. Um, it's kind of 
they got t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, sweaters, but it just has popular iRacing sayings. So obviously uh, things that we collect a lot, 4Xs, right? Is one yeah, of they go 4X, yep. What it needs, though, is just like a little feather next to the 4X. <laughs> kind of an inside joke if you wear a shirt that has a big old 4X on it. Nobody would know what that is unless you're an iRacer, you know? I like that when nothing goes uh, goes right, go left. I like the one that says, blame it on netcode. Yes, I like that too. I kind of like their uh, their logo is fun, uh, an interesting logo. The Sim Racing uh, shirt shop where they got the old, uh, looks like the Denny Hanlon setup <laughs> on the t-shirt. Yeah, that's the name of the teespring.com. Uh, it's called uh, Sim Racing Shirt Shop. And so that's how you find the stuff. Definitely check it out. These are look like some really good uh, stuff, and the prices aren't that bad. Okay, so this next series of segments is, what do you think of? Why? Because we just had Build Week, and so we've had a lot of reaction from the different uh, new content. And of course, let's start with the track formerly known as Coke Speedway. I guess they call it the iRacing Super Speedway. And I guess I'll, first I'll say I'm still surprised that Coke still isn't on board on this. If it hasn't happened by now, I'm kind of worried that it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I, I'm just shocked that that wasn't all pre-approved before the release. It sounds like it wasn't pre-approved and, and somebody got wind of it or something. I don't know. It's it's very odd. It well, is odd. Pop, what, what happened was is they need to see the thing in full, so obviously you can't do it till the build's complete. And obviously something, some sort of hiccup happened there where they just can't uh can't put their name on it yet so hopefully they can get it get involved with it but if not it's i guess it's their loss i can iRacing can do whatever they want with it brand wise i guess now iRacing put up a couple twitters with some videos of the track um that was uh put out some onboards showing you know up to 250 mile an hour on the a car at the end of the straight uh i ran this a bunch and we'll talk about it in results but I read it a few times. Some funny stuff on the Twitter as well, Tony. Sorry, Tony. I was uh, I was gonna say I ran it a few times. What blew my mind with that track was just how tall the banking was. Oh, when you first saw it, I'm trying to think of how hard would it be to actually build this track in real life? Because I know when they have to do the banking at some of the tracks, they have to use special equipment to do it. That banking might be really hard to create if they ever did decide to do something that big. It would require a lot of dirt. I don't know if you could just do that with with struts. I honestly don't think they would ever do it either because they're trying to slow the cars down, not give them something that goes faster. I did. Yeah, it, it looks like a wall when you're coming off pit road. It looks just a wall standing. It is a wall. Yeah, that's what it does look like. And I was going to say, I did a ride around at Daytona uh, several years ago. And when I went down the back stretch and I saw that wall of banking going to the left, it freaked me out. It looks like a giant wall that looks like eight stories high or something. So that's Daytona. Can you imagine what this would look like? It's like three times as big. Tony, you like drinking out of cans? Nope, I'm a bottle man. But we got uh, a tweet from Lefty Designs. It says he's crap cracking open a cold one with the sim racers at iRacing Super Speedway. I'm sure that would have been replaced with a can of Coca-Cola had things been different, but he's got himself uh, a can of iRacing Cola. 
pretty cool. That'd be kind of neat it. if this was a thing. Yeah, yeah, throw it up on a shelf. Maybe a beer instead. Maybe it could be a can of beer. Well, it should be a can of beer. Microbrewery. So maybe iRacing can get some other kind of merch. Maybe some iRacing beer. There you go. Well, guys, uh, we all know that the uh, cup cars are quite a lot of fun on the Coca-Cola Speedway. But uh, Jordan Worth, he's from uh, Bottom Split. He uh, tried the uh, Pro Trucks on it. And boy, was there a bug. Uh, we have a picture on the uh, on the uh, website page with uh, with this bug, and the like. The rear axle is is completely uh, to the left of the car by a good couple of feet, uh, and the right right front is uh, it's it's a mess. So uh, apparently they have some bugs to work out with the pro trucks on that track. Probably not the, the track you would normally think using a pro truck on, but I mean, what the heck? It's week thirteen. You might as well have some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, so obviously there's some bugs to work out with some of these odd combinations people are coming up with. Well, it's they ran crazy that tire that's so far away and it's still connected. It looks like it stretched the the axle or something. Uh, it's weird. It reminds me of a, a, like a, a really gory sci-fi horror movie type thing, where the tendrils of something dead is stretched really far. But they were they were running the pro trucks for their for the ridiculousness season this this time around to test the the new i rating system where different tracks count towards different i ratings. There are some really big wrecks at this track. I I had a couple replays uh, that were just amazing. Like they would pile up at, at the start, you know, the the start that happened a bunch at this track. Um, and, and just because of the speeds, I think, is what causes these kind of weird things. Because if you if you hit like the pit wall or something going 250 to zero, it, it's quite an incident. This video that we actually have next, it's called, it's a, we call it the Cup Car McTwist. And this is actually in the Not Top 10 video as well. And um, I didn't hear it when I watched it on the Not Top 10 with the commentary. But it, it's pretty crazy because I, I didn't realize this was for the win. Uh, this ten car hits hits a car and does a barrel roll, lands on and lands on his feet and continues going. They call it the double double McTwist Big Mac with extra tomato. Yeah, this was. Um, I guess I'm assuming Alex Horn probably did the editing on this because uh, it, it's like the um, the commentary was taken from like probably one of those X game type of uh, either surfboard uh, deals or uh, snowboard deals where people are doing tricks and they just edited the the sound onto this uh, on this car doing a barrel roll at 250 miles an hour. That would make more sense because it wasn't actually a double double; it was just a corkscrew. Yeah, it was, and uh, if you watch it on not top ten, it, you know there's no commentary. It's just the normal playback. I think they were just having some fun with this, using some uh, some X game type commentary to go along with this crazy crazy move here. So basically, he clips a car as he tries to avoid a wreck, and it just catches his right front just enough to just twist it up into the air, upside down and around, and he lands it on the wheels and keeps on going crazy stuff so let's shift gears brian what do you think of the iro1 so uh guys are putting up some videos and some uh some things regarding the new ir1 they're testing it out at different places and uh kurgan garage uh, um 
posted a video of the IR01 at Bristol, and it flies around there in under 10 seconds. So that wow. bad boy can roll around Bristol. He's flat out. He's not lifting. It's crazy. I would say uh, it, the interesting thing might be uh, what if he what if you put had a mixed race? He put these on with something that's slower and <laughs> just see how the carnage Ma- goes. Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a few yeah, months ago do. i ran uh the sprint car at bristol and i was amazed by the lap time and i want to say it was a 13 second lap and at the time i was saying i don't think there's any oval car that's faster than that and i think this one obviously beat it at 9.9 seconds i think the cup yeah. cars do it in 14 or 14 seconds like some of them can go around but that's the fastest we can get and remember, the IRO one is not an oval car. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the modified is is the fastest oval car there, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, the, I don't think I tried cars. that. I don't think it matters. This thing just dominated no matter what it did. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, guys. Uh, do, does any of you guys have owned the IRO one yet? No. I have. I turned a couple laps. It's it's an interesting car to drive. Uh, it's t- it's going to be a little bit to get used to, but... Uh, I haven't had much time on the sim with it, with a lot of this stuff, but definitely a fun car. Yeah, I have it too, and I tried it out at a couple tracks. I tried it um, at the uh, spa, and I compared the time between that and the uh, the, the uh, Toyota Williams F1 car that's on the service, and just to see how how comparable they were in speed. And I actually wound up running about three seconds faster in the Formula wow. One car. Yeah, the Formula One was actually a little faster. It was the corner speed, so was what did it. You could you could hold the corner at a higher rate of speed in the Formula One car than you could this. But but I think the speed, the the straightaway speed was probably a little higher in this car. So it was really cool. Um, another thing that I didn't realize until I I uh, got in the car was um, it doesn't have rear view mirrors on it. If you happen to take a notice uh, a look, there's no yeah. you know mirrors sticking out the side. They're actually projected on the the windscreen of the car so it's like a it's like a mirror that's a, a video screen on the on the head, windscreen head, of the car it's like a heads-up display yeah exactly one on each side of the one on each side of your cockpit for the left and right hand side so that i i didn't even really notice that until i was in the car looking for mirrors and notice it the screen projected on that windscreen it was really cool so that's like how they do with the uh, GT cars, they've they got a screen in the car instead there, and they're using a camera to project rear mirrors or rear view mirrors. So now this, they're using that just as their the mirrors on the uh, as the heads up display. I wonder why. I guess obviously aero wise is why they're keeping the mirrors off the car. Oh well, in the GTs, they're they're mid engine. So many of them are mid engine or rear engine that they don't have a window in the back at all. Yeah, yeah. But they usually have the like the camera right in the front cockpit, right? Yeah, yeah. They're in the that's dash. The, yeah, that's how the Lamborghini is. That's how that's it too. It's an interesting technology. I don't know. I don't know if it's obviously obviously it's something. It would be interesting if that actually was some way that they develop it that way down the road if they ever did something with this car. That's too bad. Uh, the major's calendar was already announced because I'm sure they would love to go ahead and put this car in there. So. They're working on the car still. Uh, Joel Keller, which is a fairly new name to me anyway, uh, he is a staff member at iRacing. Uh, He was the engineer who worked on this car. He's responded to some of the community feedback. 
uh, and has made changes to the handling, steering speed, and force feedback as a result. And we'll keep making adjustments as more feedback comes in. So that's good to hear that they're not, you know, one and done. They're going to keep tweaking it. Well, they got a, there's going to be, they could, they could only test it so far. Now you're into the best part, best people to test it, the whole community, right? Yeah. And he's getting a lot of feedback. That forum thread is full. I, I haven't seen what the participation for those races are this week, but I bet you they're pretty up. They're like the start of this week have been pretty, uh, pretty full. But it's pretty neat that he started the thread himself and said, look, I'm looking for your feedback. Give it to me. And uh, they did. Speaking of feedback, Ryan Hunter Ray was very impressed with Long Beach. He dropped a tweet and said the latest from iRacing is incredible. He's been missing Long Beach like no other. They nailed it. Very impressed. Well, it might be the only time he gets to race it this year. They announced... uh, yesterday i think that the indycar is going to run it at the end of the season like in september okay so they moved it mm-hmm. well at least that tries to get them you know on all their tracks to, to get all the different tracks that they were trying to race at this year who better to say if they nailed it or not than ryan hunter ray he's probably got more laps at long beach than anybody alive i can think of besides his fellow competitors but yeah i mean he's he's definitely the guy that would know and he said he loved it. And he showed a picture of his triples and everything. So, I wonder what. Yeah, and I. Go ahead, Greg, sorry. I just was going to say, I'm wondering what, what setup of wheel that is that he's got there. It's hard to see in the picture. It's pretty dark, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, with the, uh, this uh, track uh, is pretty successful and uh, it opens up some more possibilities with street tracks uh, in the future. So, guys, uh, some of the other new content content that's uh, come out um, and people have been uh, giving some feedback on uh, is uh, Cedar Lake Speedway, the uh, dirt track in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, so some of the drivers noticed that while they're running the big black modifieds at, at the Cedar Lake Speedway, that ruts are actually being created in the corners, and, and it's making the racing even more enjoyable for them. So uh, and Tyler Hudson uh, hopped into that uh, forum thread, and he said that uh, apparently the uh, weather and the construction of the big block modified tires is playing a major role in the creation of these ruts. And uh, man, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause I've never seen ruts be created in any of the other dirt rate tracks before. And uh, it adds a, a different element for a grip, you know, in these, uh, in these race cars, uh, new lines and stuff like that, that can be created. It's, it's pretty cool. And then Mike Watson uh, detailed a little more about it in the thread. He said, uh, but we did make some changes to the tire construction within that model, the same one they uses on other dirt cars, with the end result that it works very differently in some regards than do the other dirt tires. We would like to extend this to the other cars to see if the results carry over, and we have begun to look into that possibility. So they really like what this new dirt tire is doing on this car, apparently. Yeah, and um, yeah, I actually have a little bit of history of running dirt tracks up here in Pennsylvania. And, um in some uh, 600cc micro sprints and uh, the cars that it raced that we used to race with were some of the street cars that were just like uh, you know four bangers that would uh, and they're with the hard tires that would just rut the heck out of the track and uh, and it always made for interesting racing when you when you follow those cars Uh, so yeah so it's pretty cool that they're adding that to the to the sim well along with that cool stuff with the 
with the tires and the ruts, we got a bug at Cedar Lake, and it's a wall bug. Um, some people have found out that uh, has a small one and a half foot gap in the wall at the flag stand that's causing um, cars to be unrealistically launched sideways when they when they hit it. Staffer Michael Berg is uh, aware of the issue, and it'll be addressed in an upcoming patch. Yeah, there is a replay, a GIF there, uh, where you can see he doesn't even really get, he's right along the edge of the wall, but yeah, it, it definitely launches him when it probably shouldn't. Yeah, I um, read through this form quite a bit. Um, so that foot and a half gap at the flag stand is actually there in real life, they said. So um, it's not that it was um, incorrectly drawn or anything. Uh, it's just the way that it's being modeled when these cars are coming by it. They said that wouldn't do it. Said so they also said it didn't notice it in like the modifieds because of the fenders on the car. But the sprint cars with the uh, with the open wheel uh, are catching that that little uh, that little gap there. And it's it's uh it's just launching these cars sideways uh, unrealistically, and, and uh, it needs to be fixed. And uh, apparently, they're going to get to that real soon. Guess we're on to the uh, pit box NASCAR edition. Uh, Alex Horn tweeted uh, an interesting video here of one of the K uh, N cars sliding down uh, the track. Uh, is this Atlanta or yeah. Atlanta. Uh, sorry, Texas? No, it's Texas. Sorry. Oh yeah, Texas. Um. But he slides down and ends up in his own pit stall after wrecking, which I don't know how you get your own pit stall and, and perfectly park it. Obviously, he's going to get a penalty for the way he came to pit road, but he's getting serviced. He, it, the car does three spins, I count. Uh, three different spins, and he just perfect, almost perfectly lands in his box. He, he's, he's a little to the right, but it was close. And we saw something like this a couple of weeks ago on the roadside. I think it was the MX-5 at Lime Rock where they, the same thing happened. He spun and it spun a few times and he landed in his box. Well, this is the NASCAR edition of that, apparently. Well, he was well enough in the box that it started pissing him. Actually, it probably started his penalty because he's going to have trouble with speeding and unsafe entry. Yeah, I think that's a couple. He's going to be on pit road for a bit. Uh, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Alejandro Rusillo. Uh, Okay, there you go. That's how you would do it. That's the driver. Yeah, that's the member who posed or who who had this unfortunate accident or good video. I think this one made the not top ten as well. But Alex Horn put these out as individual videos earlier in the week before he released that. Oh, yeah, so and Alex Horn did the uh, did more uh, video or audio editing on this one, just like he did with the uh, the uh, tomato tomato big twist deal um so he actually is doing a little f fun editing with this uh to uh to go along with the video it's got the dancing pick crew those are almost more top 10 videos than not top 10 i mean that one and the and the, and the corkscrew were pretty amazing yeah but you don't want to admit it, it's technically a not top 10 because it, it basically ends your race yeah yep so we did uh, get a pretty quick patch uh, don't have to read all the patch notes to you, but the biggie was they went ahead and put out iRacing Speedway with it and some UI tweaks, 3D car tweaks. There was another big bug in this one, David, where uh, if you were joining a, a race that had multiple cars and you didn't own all the cars, it wouldn't let you race. Well, they, they fixed that before the patch. They actually fixed that server side because I don't know if you remember, but um, 
on Monday, right? Because we had, had a, yeah. Or no, on Wednesday we had the Winter Series race, and everybody was wondering if we were going to be able to run it because if you didn't own all three Cup cars, it was telling you you were going to have to buy content. And literally, uh, uh, right about when the time that it opened up for uh, registration in the league sessions, it it switched and fixed. And yeah, Sam Sam Rouse was in the server or on Discord. I think he said that uh, yeah, it was something they were able to just fix on the server side. Well. Uh- they they kind of had to because they were looking at they were going to look at some really pissed off customers that either weren't going to get a chance to race at all until it was fixed or they were going to end up purchasing stuff and then asking for refunds later, which wasn't going to help them either, right? Well, that, that would cost them some some transaction fees, but now they I mean they got on it as quick as they could and didn't even have to bring the servers down to do it. All right, guys, uh, let me take a stab at this. Uh, Mike Olet. Uh, I think is this the way you pronounce his name? He Oulette. In the- Oulette. Okay. Oulette. <laughs> I need some Canadian help there. Um, Mike Oulette announced in the forums that after a two-year break, the World Cup uh, of iRacing will be returning to, uh, to the uh, service. So um, the World Cup of iRacing, if you didn't know, it's a club competition. So you're racing for the club that you come from. So I would be racing for Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, you guys would be racing for your respective clubs. And it's to find out which club has the most depth of talent across a wide variety of iRacing discipline. So, um, so yeah, so I know that uh, in the past, this is going to be the 11th year it's being held. In the past, uh, only two, two uh, clubs have ever won this before. Finland has won the most, uh, and uh, Germany has won the second most. I think they've won four times, and Finland won has won six so uh yeah so uh they're going to be bringing that back starting uh this year so anybody who's joined iRacing in the last two years probably has never heard of this but world cup has been around you know from when i started and when i first started this was a thing and when we had major events uh throughout the year they were part of the world cup and so that's obviously changed over the years but it's kind of neat to see this come back will they get any participation though that's the question well this is kind of like the series that uh i participated in in the fall there that uh that one day event um the vco cup so, yeah. so but is this just is this put together privately or is it something i racing is hosted it's it's private i mean it's the guy who does the major series uh he's the yeah. one who organizes it but in the past, uh, he's done it. He did it on his own. Michael Lett did it on his own with iRacing's blessing. Like they were, they were having him run the special events. Like iRacing didn't put on special events; only he did. But obviously, that's changed. So yeah, check it out. Let's keep moving. I got a listener email from uh, Tyler Williamson, and uh, and he wanted to let us know a few things. Uh, let me let me uh, read a few things here. He said. Uh, I joined iRacing in April and absolutely love it. Your show has really helped me uh, keep me on track with good and bad equipment and things to stay focused on. So many tips you guys have shared and the feedback is amazing. Um, he asked us, hey, would it be cool to have some official iRacers Lounge livery on trading paints for listeners so you could use to help promote and spread the word? So I, I talked to Bobby Jonas over at Sim Raps, um, and I think he's been working on it. Did he finish, Greg? Or? 
he's actually put out uh, he's been showing us the base that he's got together that he's going to kind of transfer and adjust for each car uh and he's specifically designing one that is is only iRacers Lounge doesn't have any Tifosi logos or any of our other sponsors on there so that it that it uh it cleans up sponsorship issues and yeah so he's still working on them there there's some really neat designs Yep. So uh, thanks, Tyler, for the idea. We're actually going to implement that. So it's not out yet, but we'll get it. Um, he also says, currently I'm saving for a direct drive, but until that happens, I'm on an 80-20 rig by 4Play Racing using a Spectra Ultra Wide with the G27 wheel and shifter using an i7 HP Omen with a 2070 RTX. Thanks, Tyler. And Greg, you called your first race. Who's that? Saturday was a day of uh, helping out, I guess. I had to uh, help out Mike Morley at a, as a, a spotter beforehand uh, for his uh, the Snowball Derby uh, um, IC, or, uh, qualifying race. And then uh, Chris uh, messaged me about, I don't know, I'll say about five hours before the, the Ladies of iRacing ugly sweater uh, race at Michigan in the street stock. And I said, okay, because I, I guess... Tony, you had uh, company or something. You couldn't make it. Yeah, Lisa was racing that race, and we had company over that day that uh, we just could not change those those plans. So I was I was entertaining. Well, we were we were getting thoroughly entertained with that race. It was it was a awesome race uh, to, to 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 just watch in general. That that was the probably their best race that they've put on all season. Um, but they. I think that car track combo for them suited them. And um, I had fun with uh, Tony and Chris in the booth uh, trying it out for the first time. Um, it's really hard to call. I, I give you guys credit because it's really hard to call the race when you're not knowing what's being broadcasted. Yeah, there's, you know, there's uh, definitely some challenges that come along with that. Um, with that race there, I was actually able to catch you know, probably a solid two thirds of it, the, the last two thirds. And yeah, those ladies put on one heck of a show, um, hands down, easily said their best race so far. Um, so their future is looking bright. If they keep along, you know, the path that they're on, um, you guys did a great job in the booth. Um, the, the guests that I had over, they are not race fans. They, they don't really want anything to do with it. Um, they watched along with me and, uh, you know, they were actually, uh, you know, getting right in it. If, if Lisa wasn't racing, uh, I don't think I could have got them to sit there through it, but, uh, you know, they, they were laughing along to you guys, um, you know, doing the thing up in the booth and then, you know, and the moves were being made and, you know, girls getting punted around and when, um, you know, some good passing and stuff were happening they were, they were really engaged. And that was, uh, you know, that was a really cool thing to see just, you know, non-fans, um, you know, just starting to get right into it. So, you know, it's a good job for all you guys all around the ladies, you guys up in the booth. It was, it was a lot of fun. I wa I watched, uh, as a spectator and just watching cause I want to watch my boys and see how they do. But I tell you what, I got to call out Lisa. She was going to win that race. I guarantee it. I mean, there was the last restart she was coming on that leader she made a nice move to the inside that leader took her out like literally just turned left into her they both went down into the grass i don't think it was a mistake he took she took her out 
that my, hey, if I'm not going to win, you're not going to win. It was one of those kind of things. That was uh, Jess and uh, Casey, or, or uh, uh, what was her? Uh, Mar- it was Wooden and Marshall uh, that got into the, each other in the wall. Lisa came in afterwards, oh, okay. and she got she had nowhere to go. Um, but the, what Mike's describing is. I thought we were going to get the pass in the grass, the way they were beating and banging down the backstretch. <laughs> it was crazy. It was an, it was, they wrecked going into three and four on the last lap. And these two, Jess and uh, I think it was, I can't, I, my, the, the name slips me here, but um, anyways, they went down into the grass and they went all the way back up the track and basically collected everybody behind them, except Daniel uh, uh, Rutherford, who won the race, she was like fifth and, or something, right? Yeah, she she was, and I think she was the the interesting fact is too. She she kind of just hung around for the rest of the race because I think on the first lap she spun out into turn, like just spun it going into turn three and four, and and kind of just uh, self spun and had a couple cars collect something afterwards. But um, the rest of the race she kind of was just there, but she wasn't she wasn't pushing or anything and. She just was in the right place at the right time for her. So we spoke a little bit about some of the painting earlier. Uh, I have been enjoying the ability to do the 3D car viewer, but uh, this one's a little bit more about the in-game painting system. Uh, Greg West posted that the guys at iRacing aren't satisfied with their current painter, and in fact have been working several weeks to make it better, but it's not qu- it's far along, but it's not quite ready for the build, and they're going to release it before the next season. It's going to have the 3D car viewer built in, so you don't have to jump back and forth between the paint kit and car info to, to be able to see your changes. So you're painting the car and you can see the 3D model literally as you paint it. So they're basically taking that template instead of, are they creating their own program to paint with then? Cause It'll be I, in the new UI, I presume. I don't know how that's going to work. Cause a lot of people use specialty stuff to do it. Well, they're just, I mean, right now you basically can change the colors and select between different pre-planned or default schemes they may be trying to add they may be planning on adding more features to it i mean you can always still go in even whether they add this or not you can always still use trading paints it's not going to replace it i think they just want to make it better than it is now yeah so, i think that's i think that's right dave i think they're just using their existing painting system with the the pre-made uh, designs and, and patterns and they're just revamping it and make it a little bit better Okay, that makes sense. I, I understand what they're saying now. Adding the 3D viewer to it as well should be really nice. Uh, one note about the 3D viewer. I tripped up a couple of us, I think Adam and I, uh, in trading paints, there's a check mark that if you have it checked, it actually deletes the paints out of the folder every time you exit the sim. So then if you launch the 3D viewer it won't show you your trading paints paint because it's been deleted so you have to go into trading paints and uncheck that check mark to use the 3d viewer to view a trading paints paint i don't think i don't think it actually works that way though um what it does what trading paints does is it only deletes the folder when you join another race at the same track it only will keep it um if i remember correctly it keeps it um if 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 you're not doing anything else in the sim, it'll get rid of it because um, it's it's checked. It's when in not use, I think, is what it says. I'm just looking up here. Um, what's the check? Uh, advanced options, cleanup drive, 
ex existing paints files before fetching new paints. Uh, clean up it's downloaded the other files. It's the clean up there. downloaded files yeah. when I exit iRacing. So basically, if you have both those clicked, it's good to keep your folders neat then. Like that'll keep the folders neat. If you click the one clean up downloaded files when it exit, any cars that you raced in that race, if you don't race them in the next race, it won't get rid of them. You'll just basically build up a folder of all the cars you race against. So there's two options you do. You can unclick that or you can just turn your trading paints off and just use your, and when you're saving the thing, just save it under your, your, your iRacing uh, number, um, whatever your, your Drop account number is. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to do it without changing your settings on trading paints. Just make sure you turn trading paints back on when you're ready to go again, after you've loaded it, it's just, um, yeah, I've act, I have noticed that it actually I've noticed it actually delete the files when I've entered a server. I didn't realize it would cut them at the same time. But yeah, that's what I always do is just if I'm painting is close the close trading paints while I'm doing it. Yeah, that's what I've always done too. Is just and then because then you can create your own. Because the thing is, is trading paints is always going to keep looking for stuff uh, when you're doing it too. Because you're not loading it into trading paints; you're just saving it into. Uh, the folder anyways you might as well turn trading paints off yeah if you well anytime you before the 3d viewer was around anytime you loaded a test session as soon as you entered the test session it would start downloading your your trading paints paint so if you were making a new one it would end up replacing it i think this was like one of the of all the things in the build obviously we got a lot of changes i wasn't on the show able to make the show last week but this here is one of those things that they kind of hid from us they were doing but it it's kind of like it's such a nice change to help the community and make things a little bit smoother when you're, when you're trying to get, uh, cause, cause painting a car, uh, in sim sometimes is hard to going back and forth. It, it's nicer if you can fine tune and move the car around with the mouse. I, I think it's just, it, it's a lot nicer to, to at least get to like a 95% range of the paint job and then go into the sim to finally fine tune it. Well, I haven't I haven't had to really go into the sim to fine tune it, other than to get some quote prettier shots. It it actually gives you a pretty good idea of what it's going to be uh, when you Which, up when you swap in t your paint files, your actual paint file. It instantly changes it. You don't have to refresh, but I have discovered that I have to refresh it to make it load a new spec map. So, why do you refresh it on the screen? I'll click. There's two choices there, like car info and car paint, uh, or, or the 3D viewer or, that are kind of right next to each other. And I'll just jump to one and the other, and it just reloads the 3D viewer. Well, how about some 8K video? Uh, wow. Yeah. Sebastian uh, Kimel posted a video of, a, of the Lamborghini at Long Beach in true 8K resolution which means absolutely zip to me on my like 700 by 1388 cheapo <laughs> TV. But uh, for those of you that can run that resolution, hell, even half that resolution, probably a good looking video. I'm surprised YouTube even supports this, but sure enough, it's a YouTube video and it, and you click on it and it definitely says 4320p, which is 8k. Which is ridiculous, like, but you know, it's it's the road we're heading down eventually, right? With these graphics cards getting better and everything, um, and and TVs and monitors starting to to get cheaper. I I 
this is where you're gonna get the uh, the true the true look of racing. Pretty cool. So we've got Autosports uh, announces on Twitter a new category in the Autosports uh, Awards of 2020, the Esports Driver of the Year, uh, and they tweeted out uh, the inaugural winner of it is Se- Sebastian Job uh, for, for the Porsche Tag here uh, iRacing Super Cup Championship. So he posted it on um, the Autosports Twitter page. Um, So congratulations, Sebastian. Um, Well-deserved, and uh, that's a a good title to have. I I love this, how Autosport, which covers real-life motorsports, they recognize eSports is important. It's a big part of motorsports now, uh, especially after what's happened in 2020. And it's good to see that they, you know, are recognizing these guys. Well, and you got to think of it. He's driving. Sorry, Brian. He's driving for like the Red Bull sponsorship. Like it's it's more publicity for Red Bull too, and all the things that that it, that that he's sponsored by. Like it's it's a great great look for iRacing and and what he he's done. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, trophy time for Tucker. Tucker Minter, who is the winner of the Corvette Championship Series, he posted up on Twitter a photo of his prize. And uh, boy, does this look nice. It looks like a watch. I can't really tell. Uh, and it's got maybe some kind of iRacing coinage next to it in a nice little box with checkered flag on it. He also has a, a helmet that has the iRacing logo on it as well. Wasn't it a Rolex watch? It might be a Rolex. Yeah. If I remember, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was a Rolex or not that they were giving. It's awesome, though. A pretty nice flag, though. But congratulations, Tucker Minter. All right, guys. So um, the um, iRacing Chili Bowl Nationals are actually underway right now. Um, and uh, we're posting this even though it's really not technically too late to uh, get on board in the qualifying sessions. Um, the way that they're... Um, the way that they're running this is each night since the uh, new build week started or finished, I should say, since is that at nine o'clock Eastern standard time, they have a, a race session that uh, anybody can jump into and uh, they will, uh, they will tabulate the points throughout the week of those races and which will culminate in a Saturday super session with the top 60 drivers in points throughout the week are going to vie for the champion of the Chili Bowl Nationals. So uh, so it's not really too late. You can get into night session. you still got an hour if you want. Um, and uh, and then you've got another night tomorrow to get some points, as, as many points as you can to try to qualify for that. It's amazing how the super session has worked out perfectly for the Chili Bowl. I mean, it, it with the way it, you know you race throughout the week, just like the real Chili Bowl, and you're you're trying to get into the main event, and and the super session is the main event. So like the functionality they built for the super session is like perfect for this chili bowl format. Yeah, and with uh, sixty drivers in the championship, you know they're they're going to have several uh, of the latter um, heat heat sessions to uh, the to eliminate people to make it to the finals. And uh, I'm assuming this might be one of the reasons why. Um, the uh, World Outlaw Series race was uh, was uh, off this week. The season, the series is off this week. They will resume Monday night uh, for the uh, World Outlaws iRacing Series at Weed Sport. 
So, want to save your tires? You do have to worry about this if you're not at dirt. Uh, I thought we had gotten to this, but I guess we hadn't. David Schildhouse posted a YouTube channel uh, on or on his YouTube channel a video showing three tips on how to save tires. Um, we'll let you watch the video to give you the tricks, but we just two weeks ago talked about one of those tricks when we were talking about steering ratio. Yeah, I probably need to watch this video myself. I'm not very good at saving tires. I haven't watched it, but I need to. Um, I got to tell you, I watched this video about a week or so ago and Monday night race that we had for the OBRL. Um, I um, tried using some of these tactics and I, I think I did better with tire wear. I've always been awful with tire wear and Typically, I could run run with the leaders for a while, and then my tires just start going away, and they just pull away. Well, um, this past Monday my race, I'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, man, I was uh, I was able to hold hold uh, with the leaders, and uh, didn't have any tire wear issues that I typically do, where I start falling off the pace. So, I actually uh, tried using some of these tactics a little bit. Um, some of it might be. Uh, uh, you know, like common sense uh, things to, to know, but uh, it's just nice to see it in a, in a well put together video. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been doing the higher steering ratios since before Irixen came out. It worked. It it helped with tire wear even back in R Factor, and uh, so that's that's there. There's some people who really like that faster speed, and some of it will come down to 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 the rig setup and and driving styles. Uh, Adam likes to run that lower. Steering ratio. Oh man, it's crazy. But he's, he does eight to one or something. But he's started working on running it higher. Uh, I'm, even in the short tracks, I like to run it at fourteen. Unless uh, I think even at Martinsville, I'm able to control it really well at fourteen. Road courses, I usually do ten or twelve. Um, it just it it's probably has to do with especially if your wheel is older and you, and you don't have a whole lot of force feedback or or weight to the wheel, it's just really easy to overturn the, the wheel and not really feel how hard you're scrubbing those tires. Another tip and trick that he doesn't cover is turn your engine sounds all the way down and your tires all the way up, and you'll hear how much harder you're working your tires. I have done that. I turn up the tires all the way. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, these are quick hits. Uh, we're going to go quickly through these, but iRacing has announced several giveaways. I'll take the first one. It's called Turn Racing. You can win an R20 Evo wheel. Just place your Turn Racing logo found in the iRacing paint shop on any car in the primary location. Race in at least 10 official races in Season 1, and you're automatically entered to win the R20 Evo steering wheel. That's pretty cool, and it's simple enough to do, you know. Any um, official say, races, yeah. Yeah, any official race. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't limit you to any type of particular style of racing that you might not be well versed at. And even though you're running trading paint, you can still put the turn racing logo on the car in the iRacing paint shop. Even though you'll never see it, you'll still qualify to be entered into the for the prize. Well, here's another fairly easy one. It's, uh, SimLab has given away one of their SimLab P1X sim racing chassis during season one. And uh, to enter that one, you you got to race in the SimLab production car challenge, but each completed race is an entry into the raffle. And so the more you race, the more chances you have to win. 
Well, I'm willing to give up 80 I rating just to get an entry for that rig. So maybe I'll do that tonight. Well, that's a road car. Yeah. And that that doesn't seem like it's tied to any sponsorship on your car either. It's just no, like you just race have to it, run race it. in their series. Yeah. Yeah. So no logo needed there. Uh, the P1X is a great rig. I've been enjoying it. So Heiskenveld is uh, giving away a set of Heiskenveld sprint pedals during season one twenty uh, the season one of the twenty twenty one season for the Heiskenveld GT Challenge. Um, so each completed race is an entry into the raffle for the pedals. So, wow, that's pretty good. All right, I'll give up another eighty I rating and get an entry <laughs> for that one. If Mike's going to be down to zero I rating and we're trying to get free stuff, <laughs> hey, I want a new Sim Sith Labs and I want some Heiskenvelds. I Racing's version of micro transactions by equipment with I rating. Nice. So we got another one coming up. Uh, so this is for Apex Racing Academy. Uh, so if you place the Apex Racing Academy logo, that's also found in the iRacing paint shop, on any car in the primary location and race in at least 10 official races in uh, Season 1 2021, you're automatically entered to win one of the five Apex Racing Academy prizes. Um, now they were kind of vague on what the prizes are from what I saw in the, uh, in the forum post. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to find where it says how much it says something about how much they're spending on it. I'm going to look at that. 1850 pounds. There you go. Well, I found the prizes. First place is three hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching in a supported car of your choice and one year silver subscription to Apex Racing Academy. One-year subscription to SDK Gaming and free entry into the Apex Racing League series of your choice. All right, Pretty there cool. you go. Yeah, so it's it's great that these companies are sponsoring these series and and doing these giveaways. It's so so good. And will it drive participation? Well, it looks like it might drive me to participate in a road series I would never touch with a ten-foot pole. So it seems to be working. Well, we already got to cover two of the videos in the Not Top 10, but here they are, December's Top 10. Uh, the f one that right off the beginning is a guy who has a pretty strong uh, force feed back wheel, gets a, a crack in the jaw. Wow. It looks like he this, got hurt. We've seen, the, we've seen this before. Uh, I think I showed a video with uh, – was a, was a – a, a lady that got uh, she bent over on the wheel did that quick twist of direct driving it cut her head open and he was just driving and just let go of the wheel so he needs to work on the uh, seat position i think there was a mazda that actually hops i think it's charlotte completely hops the the fence and ends up on half a lap ahead and i'm wondering if he would have actually gotten a, a black flag for it or not half a, half a lap ahead but going the wrong direction yeah, he had to turn around. I guess that's right at Harper and Turn, right? On our turn one at the Roval. He yep. just hopped over to the uh, exit. Yeah, that's great. The one I like is the Laguna Seca at the corkscrew. Uh, it just shows an in-car of them, you know, cycling down through the corkscrew. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a car from behind that totally didn't even break and just plows through. It's yeah, he crazy. Just, he just missed it by that much. Uh 
at the hairpin in Long Beach, this is a weird accident with four cars going in there, kind of three wide, and one just doesn't make the turn and hits the wall straight on, and then the, all the cars bounce back, and it just doesn't look natural. It's weird. It's almost like they all were like rubber there when they touched the tire. Like the the tire walls don't simulate very well, so it kind of looked bad, but it just wasn't a very good accident for that track. I'm hoping okay. someday that those tire barriers start becoming like uh, act like a tire barrier. Well, most of the tire barriers, when you hit them, you, you you kick out, but you don't kick out that hard, right? It's it absorbs a lot of shock and then pushes you out a little. I kind of like the last one. Uh, it said Tyler gets yeeted, and it's at that dirt track that doesn't have a wall, and he got like side swiped and pushed basically over that barrier and went flying and he come back on the track all smoking and everything pretty funny yeah that's a learnerville track um and i have to admit uh during some practice sessions when uh, everybody was gone and i might have been the only car left i've uh, i've gone around that and seen how far i can launch myself off the backside and uh you get some pretty good airtime on that if you really practice at it how far out will it let you go before it just kicks you to the pits um it's actually it goes pretty far on the back side of that um bank it goes downhill pretty good ways and then there's a fence and my goal was try to clear the fence and uh, i made it a few times if you clear that fence you get uh you get uh bonked back to the uh, pit stall <laughs> seems like there was a theme with some of the pets getting involved oh yeah a cat literally jumped in a guy's lap and caused him to wreck what is with the field of view that is showing up in that replay i just don't yeah i saw that too i was like ah nails on a chalkboard when i look at that like is he actually racing that way appears so because it looks like on the screen he is yeah that's scary the worst one is the sebring accident i'm sorry but that was bigger than the big one at daytona that took out 90 percent <laughs> of the field and and the editing uh, whoever edited this, obviously in the iRacing edit, did it perfectly. At one point, they put a camera on top of the uh, the pace car as it's going down pit road, watching these cars crash beside it. It looks like the guy's trying to drive through the blizzard right now. Doesn't it? Doesn't make any sense. It just kept going. <laughs> well, we got some news from uh, Burton Kligerman Esports. Uh, Burden looks like he is walking. He is handing the keys over to, to Kligerman. And yeah, so it's just going to be, well, we don't even know what it's going to be. For Actually, now, I guess we we'll do. Come, uh, do we? He announced it maybe uh, two hours ago, and he said it's Kligerman Sports, is what it's called now, or Kligerman Sport. Okay. Okay. Yeah. According to this one here, it had many. You know, a new new team name and many more announcements uh, will be coming in the coming weeks. So we we've got the new name. Um, I guess we just await some uh, you know more new announcements coming up. But uh, yeah, it looks like Burton's just maybe he's just had enough of the esports. He's off doing other things, getting busy with stuff. It's almost like uh, he was a silent partner. Like he he was yeah he was very he, silent. He never even talked about iRacing much in broadcasts and things like that. He just seemed. Like, it was a background. Like, Kligerman is, like, a face of iRacing, too, right? Well, Burt, Burton could have been doing, you know, maybe just the business side and kind of coaching Kligerman through, through that part. Yeah, sponsors and well, yada, yada. What, what do they call Burton? The mayor? Isn't they call him the mayor? Yep. 
he, so he's good at uh, dealing with people. So maybe that's his. That was part of his thing in the background. Yeah, maybe he just got things up and running for Parker, and then showed him the ropes, and then said, "That's that's good. Take over, son." My guess is Clickerman didn't have the clout to actually start a team with just under his name. So they did it under Jeff Burton's name as well. Give it a little NASCAR clout. And now that this team is established, Jeff quietly backs away. That's my guess. That's a good outlook on it too. Yeah, seems seems pretty plausible. Keep moving. We got season one, patch two. And uh, this was released uh, recently. Uh, what did you guys see? Uh, they, they fixed a bunch of stuff that was wrong with that 3D car viewer. Uh, a few things that were kind of not working with that. Uh, they updated some parameters on the AI um, and a few other minor fixes. But the big thing about this release was that new BMW M4 is finally released. Uh, so this was announced uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it finally has come out. Now, the real car isn't out yet. This is uh, your chance to drive it before the real one comes out. Yeah, and they had also, Mike, they had in here that some of those fixes for that Delira IR01 was the fixes they were talking about in the forums. As well as the regular Indy car as well. They had, a, remember, a lot of changes with that, and they made some adjustments there. Looks like, the, yeah, they did a bunch of uh, a bunch of things for it. A lot, a lot of little minor fixes to each Car. It looks like some of the cup cars got some adjustments too for running Darlington. And it's uh, under the Cedar Lake Speedway. It says it fixed a wall snagging issue on the front go. stretch cutout, which we talked about earlier. Yep. Looks like a Brad's hatch had for the rally had the same problem. So Tyler Hudson posted a reminder in the forums that businesses, businesses and individuals are from pro- prohibited uh, from using iRacing forms for soliciting members uh for business or personal gains without becoming an iRacing official partner so this is just a reminder probably they got to do every once in a while just to let people know or somebody complain maybe that uh they were being solicited for some some products or something but uh it is a rule that you have to be either affiliated with iRacing or um you can't do it so i think this is in in response to the multiple multitude of setup shops that have sprung up that have been spamming the forums you know trying to sell setups i think that's what this is now apparently it's always been a rule but now they're going to police it they've they've been very lax with it um i i was kind of wondering how does the podcast fit under this i don't think it does because we don't actually ask people to pay money for we're our just product. A, we're just asking them to come listen. Listen, right. So it's I don't no I think we are exempt from this rule. I don't think it's any, it's no different than you're gonna say, come someone come look at this video, right? You post a video and say, Come look at it. It's, our thing would be fall under that category, I would believe. Well, in the forums there was some discussion about well, hey, you know, if you're just showing them a video, but you're making revenue from YouTube from the advertisements, does that count, you know? And so there's, you know, a lot of different uh, factors involved in this. Is iRacing really going to police it? I think if you're trying to sell computers and and equipment and setups and actually ask for money, I think that's when they're going to stop you. I asked, uh, I believe it was Nim was in a server one day, and just a couple of days before, somebody had said posting even your link stream, you could get you could get protested for for spamming. In advertising, um, and I asked him I, when I 
threw up my stream link. Is this okay? And he says, yes, we love promotion. So See, uh, we promote iRacing quite yeah, a bit. We're a so I don't, think, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they would come after us for that reason. Yeah, I'm not going to stop posting our show, which I do post once a week. That's it. And Tony, you also post once every two weeks on uh, your show. Uh, but that's it. We don't spam them more than that. And uh, I'm not going to stop based on this post uh, by Tyler. I don't think that we're charging and we're exempt. I was going to say there's also, David, with that uh, Twitch problem or your, your stream putting it up, there's a whole thread based on trying to get guys to be hosting with each other and stuff like that in the forums where you can find other members that stream and stuff. So they've created a whole area for that in general to find people that do stream. We need to network with that, get a few more viewers. It's, it's there. You can just, it, the people are op, or will uh, host with you and every, everything. It's, it's a whole community in there. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out to me. Learn something every day. What have we learned about the uh, special events, Brian? All right, so uh, Greg Les, he posted in the forums the uh, 2021 special event schedule. Um, so uh, I'm going to read through these real quick, um, this, the uh, special events coming up. But, but there's also a couple that aren't on the list that I'd like to go over real quick, too. Uh, first on the list, obviously, is uh, Daytona, 24 hours of Daytona. The Daytona 500 course is in February. The Bath Bathurst uh, will be in February. The 12 hours of Bathurst, 12 hours of Sebring will be in March. Uh, there will be a throwback cup at North Wilkesboro. Ooh. I think that's new. It's in the 87 cars, and that's April 11th. Uh, the Nürburgring, uh, 24 hours. It's uh, April. Uh, the fixed Indy 500. There's a separate fixed and open Indy 500. And there's a Coke 600 in May. Um, so I know there's a couple things not listed on that, uh, like uh, the Chili Bowl, which is. It looks like it's incomplete. 20, 2020. Yeah, it looks, it's, it does, it's, ha it's yeah. half the year. Yeah. So I don't know if it's got cut off or what, but it's still missing some of the events in the back half. But yeah, I think the things, they just did a partial release because they weren't ready for everything. Because they got Lamar, Petit Lamar, um, Bathurst 1000. There's a bunch of events that they always do that are missing at the back half. And like you were saying, the Chili Bowls in there. Um, there's got to right. be other stuff, right? Yeah, this looks like it just goes through maybe the first half of the year almost. Um, so some of the things that he mentioned that aren't on the schedule, I don't know if it's because it's later in the year or just hasn't been added to the schedule yet, is there's going to be a, a six hours at Watkins Glen. Um, there's going to be a special event at Knoxville, maybe the Knoxville Nationals for the sprint cars. I'm not sure about that, but that makes sense to me. Um, and a winter, winter derby. Uh, and they're going to ask also add for uh, 2021 special events at Crandon, uh, Suzuka, and Hockenheim. So it uh, looks like there's going to be uh, quite a few special events on the calendar this year. That, that uh, six hours of the Glen had been gone for a year or two, and now it's back. Yeah, that was IMSA cars, wasn't it? Yeah, I just remember it was a big deal when it, they got rid of it last year. A lot of people were up in arms about it. But, um, if it's IMSA cars, it would be a little bit different, but the, like the, the Endurance Euro Series, all of those races are six hours. So that... At that point, I don't know. It'll still be kind of special because it's more, it's an IMSA track instead of, instead of, uh, say, Le Mans. And we have details actually on the, uh, the first of those big events, right? The D Daytona 24 hours. 
it's going to be the new IMSA cars. So we got the LMP2, a lot of the GTs, and the and the new the two new GT3s that are in the class. It's going on the 22nd through the 24th. This particular part intrigues me. There's only two time slots this time. You remember how Le Mans went? Man, that they actually ended up doing three time slots for Spa. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Are we going to try the Friday night one and then in case something goes wrong for the Saturday? Uh, man, that's January. That's that's just a bad question. <laughs> There's no answer to that right now. Yeah, we got a ways to go, but uh, I told David we need to start planning here pretty soon. Like I said, that's January. <laughs> Let's keep moving. We're running out of time. The $7,500 bump and run. I kind of spoke about this earlier when we were watching Mike Morley lead laps in this race with no front end. I actually don't know what happened to Mike, but he wasn't a factor at the end of the race. Uh, It ended up being uh, Daniel uh, Silvestri getting the bumper, uh, the bump and run from Parker Retzlaff, who won the $7,500 prize. It was not a bad bump and run. He didn't like dump him. It just kind of moved him up a little, but Prior to that final bump and run, there were lots of bump and runs. I mean, these people were were playing pool rule, like bar rules, like you would play pool. Like, there's no rules. Like, if you got to the leader, you're dumping the freaking leader. And that's what happened several times in this race. It was very interesting to watch. Uh, when there's money on the line, people race differently. Well, it was money, uh, a wheel, and an Oculus quest 2 i believe we're all and i think there's an oculus quest 2 um that was being um no sorry it was money it was all money and then the oculus oculus quest 2 was the random draw okay and with that we're gonna skip to housekeeping notes uh don't forget the aftermath uh and check them out and don't forget our new website iracerslounge.com in fact you can find our show notes there now on a very mobile-friendly website. So it's real easy to listen to the podcast. And on your phone, you can go through the show notes and look at the links that we're looking at as we talk about them. Try it. It's kind of a neat visual audio mixed experience. And you can also follow along with us on uh, Twitch now, Facebook Live, and uh, our YouTube page. That's right. Greg has got some nice... uh, video going of, of the podcast recording where you can see our ugly faces as well as the script. Don't forget we're on the Performance Motorsports Network. And with that, we're going to jump to hardware briefly. Uh, Greg, your first one. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Our good old friend Barry Rowland is reviewing advanced sim racing ASR6, which is, I haven't had a chance to watch this fully. It's like, it's obviously the, the rig. Um, it's just a 20, 80 20 rig, right? It's an 80 20, yeah. It's just, it looks like it's a pretty basic design. Um, it's, it looks pretty sturdy. Uh, I don't know from uh, the quick here, I don't know if the seat that he's got came with it, or is it just the 80 20 portion of the rig is the, ASR6 point of it. My takeaway on this is it's a SimLab clone and it's there in Canada. Ooh. Well, that's That's, a good thing. 
that's a uh, NRG Prisma seat. I, I recognize it. That's the same one I have. So I don't think that came with the rig. So he was just putting something they probably had on to that rig. <laughs> yeah, just like it doesn't come with the uh, steering wheel and all that it's stuff. It's eight hundred and fifty <laughs> U.S. dollars uh, for the the cockpit without the seat. That's like twenty grand Canadian. And it's kind of ugly. But if you're buying it from a Canadian company, you don't have all that, right? I wonder what's uh, what's the website for them. It's advancedsimracing.com. If you're on the YouTube page and you hit more, you, you'll get a link to it right below his final uh, his list of times. But uh, it's not a bad-looking 80-20 rig. Like I said, it's a, a SimLab clone, so to speak. I mean, is how different is it from a sim lab? It looks pretty similar. It doesn't have the same uh, level of adjustability in the pedals. The pedal mount on this P1X is a little bit more advanced. Yeah. How do you? How did you determine it's from a Canadian thing, Mike? Where did I see that? Because um, it's only giving options to change on the website. In U.S. or oh, Mexican I saw at the pesos. top. There's a link for the Canadian website, and then I clicked onto that, and it said free shipping in Canada. All well, prices like, are in Canadian. Here, I'm just going to the. I just want to see what the what the prices oh, are. Yeah, for. I'm going to try it on the Canadian and see the price. So there it shows 750 Canadian, or no, excuse me, 1100. Yeah, for the say, ASR6. That's crazy. 1100. That's pretty high, huh? That's pretty high for. Uh, no seat and no, uh, it's just a pretty basic 8020 rig. You could probably buy those 8020 parts and make your rig a lot quicker. Okay, we're going to do one more hardware, Brian. Yeah, this one is for the Pro Sim uh, sequential shifter pre orders. Um, they are announcing that they're coming in next week and they're going to be out for deliveries to start in mid January. And they also have an H pattern that's a order that you can pre order for delivery, which will start in mid-February. Um, so uh, everyone on the waiting list will get an email about the pre-orders coming up. Um, and if uh, if you happen to look at Barry's video right above it, it looks like he's got one of those ProSim uh, shifters on, on that new rig he's got. So uh, I imagine Barry might be coming out with a video on one of those shifters. I think Joe, uh, former teammate Joe Owens, has one of these as well. Yeah. This is the shifter. This is what I call the holy grail of shifters. Because it, I don't think there's a better shifter on the market. Maybe the Frex, uh, which we'll try to talk about next week. Uh, they have a new one. But, I mean, when Joe told me I want the best shifter on the market, this is what I told him to buy. We also have on the script a uh, ProSim rig. And it looks, I can't tell if it's wood or sheet metal of, of sort. But it it's designed basically to be a driver training rig. Uh, with the gigantic monitors, um, this formula, the Formula Evolution one is pretty big. They got an Evolution two that uh, is also look designed for Formula, where you're really laid back. They have the GT alignment. I searched for a price, couldn't find one. Yeah, these shifters I don't think have been available recently, and so now is the time to get these things pre-ordered if you want them, guys. Uh, they have several different options to pick from. If you look at that. The uh, the second picture, the one in the back, that's the original one. And so you can see there's some different ones. But this is a big heads up on that. And with that, we're going to jump into uh, results or next. 
And uh, obviously, we're, we didn't run the NIS because we're off-season, but let's go into other official racing. I will start with ARCA. Uh, why did I run ARCA? Wow, I want to bu build my I-rating a little bit. I lost so much of it uh, running the Sprint car and the 87 Legends. I've lost about a thousand I-rating, so I want to get back to where I was. So I thought, well, I'm going to go back to basics. I'll go to ARCA at Atlanta. And uh, boy, that was a mistake. I kept pushing in turn two and having to lift on the exit of the corner. I was quickly heading backwards. I later accidentally doored a guy I didn't mean to. He actually threatened to protest me too, but I don't think he did. Uh, near the end, a lapper took out the leaders. And so I was able to finish fifth somehow and gain some I rating. But that was a lucky and I probably won't try that again. I also tried the same thing with the Ferrari GT Challenge at Oran Park, uh, thinking I'd jump in there and uh, score some I rating, but didn't even finish the race. I got wrecked several times, and uh, and the incidents were piling up, and so I just got out before it got worse. I did get to run a, a couple of races so far at Sebring. It's one of my favorite road courses, um, and the first time I ran, I uh, didn't get any practice time in. I was very late getting back home Monday. Uh, Wednesday though, or no, Tuesday, or the second race, uh, snagged a win. So that's the 86 career win. And I did update your profile page with that you're, win. You're slowly catching me, David, with career. Is that is that road career wins or is it all overall? Wins? That's overall, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're slowly catching me. Okay, let's talk unofficial. Man, that Coke Raceway. Well, I, call, I think I'll always call it Coke Raceway, but... Uh, yeah, the iRacing Super Speedway is what it's called. I ran about six races in a row. I wrecked out of each. In one, I was actually leading while wrecked. I love it, love it, love it. And I pretty much have been telling everybody, this is a new style of racing that we've never done before. It's not restrictor plate racing like Daytona and Talladega like you would think. There is no restrictor plate on these cars and you get these huge, huge, huge runs and it's so wide that you don't have to stop when you have a run and you know wait behind somebody. You just go around them, and uh, it, it is so fun. And they start sixty cars at a time, um, and so with sixty cars on a three-mile track and with all that coming and going, there was a, you know so many people get runs and they keep them with the draft, and then there's other people that don't have runs, and it's just always traffic because of that. The other cool thing is wrecks are self-clearing because of that huge uh, banking. So you see a wreck up in the turn one and two, you just go high because you know they're gonna slide down the banking. And so it keeps the race in motion. The track doesn't block up usually. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun, it really is. I'm just showing all our viewers your uh, Instagram posts of the uh, 28th to 1st. Yeah, so uh, the next day, I ran several times with several almost wins. I actually led the most laps in one race. Uh, I put together a nice TikTok that showed that ended up on Instagram of 28th the first in five laps, just to kind of show you how freaking awesome this, this track is. And and uh, I'm excelling at it. I, like I can get to the front just like I can at Daytona and Talladega, no matter what. And I don't know if I'm doing something different than everybody else, but uh, check the video on TikTok and find out for yourself. That that apron, though, man, you, you touch the apron and you get launched up three lanes. 
One note about steering ratio on this track. I immediately went to 14, 16 steering ratio because I'm thinking restrictor plate track. But the way that this track is designed, when you get into the banking in that corner, you turn the wheel really sharp, really fast when you first hit the banking and then that's it. And the, wheel, the, the, the turning kind of settles after that. And what I found is that having the 14 or 16, I wasn't able to turn the wheel fast enough to make that turn and I would slide up the track. And so the default setup was that 10 to one ratio. I ended up going back to 10 to one and it made it where I was smoothly getting into the banking and I wasn't drifting up at all. And so that was a scenario where the 10 to one actually works. I'm wondering, uh, looking at that track, I don't know, Brian, have you tried that track with your uh, ocean rig? Yeah, it's actually pretty smooth. Um, you know, it's, it's good. Does it dive when you go like dive down into the corner when you go into the corner? No, not really. I mean, not any more than it does at any of the other restrictors. Um, I can tell you one thing though: um, if some somebody gets a run on you and pushes you, it uh, it gives you a big jolt in your seat. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. There's so much downforce on these cars, you can really push them. I mean, you can get a huge jolt from behind without wrecking. Um, now by Sunday night, I actually finally won a race, <laughs> okay? And so I did the donuts, I, I finally got a win. I wanted to be the first one on the team to win at this track and I pulled it off. And uh, really pleased about that. What not pleased about was come Monday when the new season one starts, guess what? I can't find a race with this racetrack, not nothing. They don't have anything to run with this racetrack. And I was telling the team, I can't believe I just bought this track and a week later, there's nowhere to run it. Well, I, I've, I found it a few times and hosted and ran a few hosted ones, but but I'm surprised that iRacing doesn't have a way to put this track on carburetor cup or something. Has there been any form posts about it or anything? I haven't seen anything, no. It's week five, Carburetor Cup. They are added it, but maybe they maybe, maybe my thinking is maybe they should have added it week one because it's new, right? Week one or yeah. two. It could have been week two because of it being added late, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying there, Mike. It probably should have been early just to keep the hype up, right? Right. I was still hyped, man. I just got my first win on Sunday night. I'm ready to go back and get some more, you know, and stack them up. But well, January 12th. You can get you can get it January twelfth. It's uh, three times this this season in Carburetor Cup. Yeah, week uh, eight has it as well. They keep uh, growing that Carburetor Cup series. It's going to be twelve different events. They need to get it almost. Pocono it almost that. needs an official version. Uh, they're in the Pocono. Uh, they used to have a Pocono, I thought. The Michigan's yeah. the, the shortest. Was track. It Michigan? No, no, there's a Charlotte. Yeah, it's Charlotte, Michigan, Monza, Monza, Alley, Day Daytona, and then the new iRacing Speedway. Okay, so let's talk about uh, leagues and the Winter League. I got a DNF. I was wrecked on the first caution. I was going straight down the backstretch, 12 inches off the wall, and a guy is like trying to side draft me or something. I don't know. And he hooks me. And the car was too damaged and it made it loose to drive. And I was just kind of upset that I didn't even get a verbal or any kind of apology from that particular driver. Um, I looked at the replay multiple, multiple times. I didn't budge. I was at a straightest line you could you could have. And he just came floating up into me like he was trying to side draft or something. Anyway, pretty irritated. Uh, that was Pocono. 
And then David, you ran as well. I did. I did. Uh, I had good long run speed again. I couldn't qualify, but uh, within the first fuel run, I was up into the top 15. And it, it was a pretty clean race. Only those two cautions. Uh, a lot of fast guys in there. Uh, but I brought it home P12. Uh, it broke my my seventh place streak that I had going. But I did jump up to P5 in the points. Wow. And, and it, um, it's... I looked at the point standings and I looked at the names around and, and just, uh, it almost felt surreal. I was like, huh? There's some heavy hitters in this league. Just, so. Justice is the point leader. Sixth place is Christian. He had a he had a bad start to the season. And so after six races, not two, but six races, I'm sitting in front of Chandler and I'm like, yeah, he's had some bad luck. And a lot of, uh, he ended up not being around me much on in the race, but uh, Hermie Sadler's been running this league and it was, it was. I was just thinking, hey, you know, it's 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 not like it's an honor. It's a joy to get to, to, to run with with guys that you rooted for. You know, see them out on the track, still still doing the thing they enjoy, even though they've they've outgrown it as far as real life. I, Herbie was in the back, and when I was still in the race, I was actually racing against him, side by side and whatnot, and we were trading spots and. Like you said, it's a privilege to be able to race Hermie Sadler. I'm so happy to be a part of that. That was fun. OBRL. Yeah, so Monday night OBRL was ARCA Series at uh, Iowa Speedway. I talked a little bit about this when we when I talked about saving tires and stuff. But um, so I actually uh, qualified second and. Uh, and uh, like I said, I I was uh, I was uh, right there with the leaders. Every every long run we had, uh, I was stayed right in the lead pack. Um, I could actually, if I lost a little bit of space because uh, I missed a turn or something, I was able to close back in. So um, I was right there looking for a, a looking to have a really good finish. Um, and then what happened was uh, we had uh, we had uh, we sh- we had short splitted a, a long a long green flag uh, section. Uh, me and the me and one of the other leaders was uh, right in front of me, and uh, so we got back out on the track. And uh, he, the guy who was in front of me, who was in the top top uh, top group, uh, he I guess he was closing in real fast on a lap car or a car that hadn't come into pit yet. You know, so he was a little bit slower, and uh, he wind up uh, uh, turning him into the wall, and I, I T-boned right into that guy, so it kind of ruined my day at that point, but it was one of those uh, good day, bad day things where, you know, you, you uh, go through a race and you, and you realize that, you know, you can run with the top guys, but uh, it just didn't work out that way in the long run. Keep chipping away at it, you know, it'll, it'll come around. And uh, by the then way, it uh, was the uh, truck series sponsored by the Aftermath, right? truck series was on um wednesday night at nashville and also uh, sorry i wanted to add real quick on at, at the monday night race uh our own uh, chris scales uh got p3 so he was on the podium that race nice um so yeah so the truck race was uh, at nashville i literally bought nashville like a two days before this race came so i had and i didn't have any practice i worked late on tuesday our practice night so uh uh i didn't really do too bad i was uh running with the lead group there was a lot of cautions just because of the short track racing i guess um i wound up uh, i turned a guy who was in front of me and the obrl rules is if if you turn a guy uh you know, you have to do a self-policing lap. So I uh, wound up uh, doing a uh, drive-through pass 
drive through uh, on the pit lane. Uh, went down a lap. I, I raced back to be the in the lucky dog position, and uh, everything was looking like I was going to get back into the thick of things. And then I got I got uh, caught up in a car that. Uh, got loose coming off of turn four. Truck got loose, hit the inside wall, came up the track, and uh, that that pretty much ended my night there. I forgot to mention, I didn't run Monday night Winter League because they were at Nashville, and I didn't have the track, and I didn't want to buy it. So I, I skipped that one this week. Another one I skipped was Eucora, uh, the Snowball Series. It was the Lime Rock Radicals. David, you ran it. Yeah, it's more like I walked it, maybe. I was the slowest car, and I had something else that I needed to go take care of. So after giving up that I was going to make anything up, I parked it. I just could not run that car at that track and keep keep up with any of those guys. Those guys are masters on the road. So Now, what I did, instead of racing, I joined Scott Rupp from Midwest Simulations in the booth on the podcast. Uh, excuse me, in the booth on the uh, on the broadcast and had some fun uh, calling the race with Scott. I showed up a little bit late because I was getting dinner and stuff, but uh, Scott was by himself uh, in the booth, so he was very appreciative to have somebody to talk to. And uh, we had a good time. In fact, I'm going to join Scott tonight to broadcast uh, again um, the Eucora Snowball Series at, uh, where is it? Thompson? Yeah, we're going back to the ovals, which is which is good for me because that's where my strength is. So radicals at Thompson—that's going to be fun. So I'm going to join Scott for the broadcast, and uh, after watching Greg and Tony and Tony and Chris doing broadcasting, I've got the bug again, I guess. And I had a good time with Scott, so we're going to try it again. GridFinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. GridFinder Finder.com. The home of online sim racing leagues. All right, guys. Uh, I would like to uh, give a shout out to everybody on uh, on this podcast because um, we are um, doing going through a lot of changes the past couple weeks. All of it, it, it is designed to make the best product we can get for everybody who's enjoying the show. Um, uh, Greg's been doing a ton of work on the video side. Dave's always really good on these um, on the on the on the audio stuff. Uh, 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 Tony's been uh, great with the merchandising and 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 sponsorship program. And Mike's been really kind of spearheading this effort to get get this uh, uh, website designed and working right. And uh, man, I'm really proud of everybody. It's coming together really well. Uh, we we put we've put a lot of work into this. Um, you know, we all have regular jobs and uh, and a life of some kind or another. And uh, so uh, we're we're working really hard to, to, for for all you guys who are listening to this show to make it as 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 the best a show possible. Make it easiest for you to enjoy and uh, and to join us in our uh, support and love of our racing. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, it's all due to gridfinder.com, guys. I mean, what a great partner to have. Uh, 
that really has kind of spearheaded a lot of these changes. I mean, we wouldn't have the website if it wasn't for GridFinder. And so that's kind of prompted me to step up our game. I've been wanting to put that website out for a long time, and now it's out. I hope you listeners check it out. David Hall, final thoughts. Two-week vacation coming up. You know what that means. I'm going to aim for another another seven-win week. We'll see if we can pull that off. Uh, Go watch our streams. I don't know. There's like five K's in Greg's title, and I've got one X in mine. <laughs> or just go to Tofosi Racing, and you'll find it. Yeah. I haven't even made my stream back up because I've been trying to get this one going. All right, David. Uh, thank you. And then Greg Hectus, final thoughts. Uh, well, my my time's been uh, spent uh, trying to produce this show in the background here. Well. Uh, doing these topics and trying to be part of it. I don't know if I can, if I'm producing the show, I don't know how much more I can uh, do on the show, but uh, this, uh, this building of the uh, stream was, has been really, it's been challenging for what I've had to try and do with it, but it's also been something I've learned a lot from, which I'm going to add to my streams um, as I go. So I just look forward to, uh, to seeing how much uh, more I can get done with this and, uh, I, I'm looking forward to David and I doing the MTech uh, race this weekend at Phillip Isle. That's going to be a, that's going to be a fun race. And um, it sounds like as of Wednesday next week, I'm off till about the fourth of January. So you know what that means? Yeah, good job on the video stream of our recording of the podcast. I think it's great because it gives our listeners some additional options of how to consume this instead of an audio podcast. Hey, if you can watch us on YouTube. You can go to Facebook, you know, whatever. Apparently the Twitch is having a problem tonight, so I'll have to look into that. But I'm thankful for our uh, our listeners and viewers that have let me know that Twitch is having a problem. And I saw it that uh, for some reason it's coding itself out. It basically looks like Twitch is on mushrooms or something. Psychedelic. Okay, and then Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, I got... No racing to to talk about, but uh, we do have an episode of the Aftermath coming up this Saturday. Um, And we have uh, Peter Kopko, Coco Puffs, from the OBRL coming on. And uh, we're looking forward to being able to talk about his very first win in the OBRL series. And uh, also to get another take... um, on on the ladies of i racing because he does a lot of the you know the uh behind the scenes stuff to uh to get that race to get those races uh broadcasted and running uh as smooth as possible so um we're all really excited to have him on this week and and kind of pick his brain about everything uh you know obr out the broadcasting stuff and um, most definitely his, his first win. I know that's a, that's a huge accomplishment for him. Hey, when you talk to him, Tony, can you thank him for, uh, thinking of, or between Chris and you guys, thanking for letting me come on the broadcast? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't he the guy that looks like Hannibal from the A-team? Yeah, I think, that. <laughs> I, <laughs> say, I, I was a huge A-team fan when I was a kid. I had to kind of. Uh, search the deep recesses of my brain to bring the the picture up, but uh, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, are we talking OG? Are we talking OG or the movie? I'm talking the old, you know, TV episode style. Okay, so my turn. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, man, I'm at a weird place in iRacing right now where I don't know what to run. 
Here we are in season one. There's no NIS. Normally that's what I run. So what am I gonna run? Well, I tried that. I, I ran ARCA, I failed. Bad. I ran the the road course, the Ferrari GT Challenge fixed, I failed. And it seems like everything I jump in, I'm just losing I-rating wholesale amounts. And so I'm uh, almost scared to jump into something. So I've been kind of looking at hosted and I've been kind of looking at leagues and you know I have a few different league things I'm doing, but um, looking at hosted a lot, especially for that iRacing super speedway, trying to find some races there. I'm kind of surprised the lack of hosted events for that track, but uh, maybe I'll put one up, I don't know. But uh, with that, you know, if you have some ideas about what I should run, maybe I need to get into dirt again. I was thinking maybe I'll get on the pro truck or, or the rally car or something like that, but I don't know. I'm still at a loss. We'll figure it out. And uh, with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.